Hello and welcome to the Vitality Explorer podcast. My name is Dr. Alan Mishra. Our mission, our goal with the podcast, as always, is to optimize your vitality. And we always like to start with a quote. This one is from Harry Houdini, the escape artist from oh, well, like 100 years ago. And here is his quote. Quote, my brain is the key that sets me free. My brain is the key that sets me free. Kind of an interesting thing to think about in the context of th- some of the things we're going to be talking about today, which include booze, books, and biceps beat brain drain, and ketones crack the code for cognition, as well as Victor's live above the line. Our goal with the Vitality Explorer podcast is to deliver to you in the least friction way possible the latest scientific information about how to improve your physical, mental, social, and spiritual well-being. There's been over 100 podcasts, over 400 total posts and podcasts on the Vitality Explorer or Vitality Explorer Substack site. You can check out all the references there. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. And let's get rolling uh, with with the proviso that we always like to to state why we're doing this and the core concepts of Vitality Explorers, and that is number one, vitality is a skill. Now, that's why we try to produce this information, because each one of these podcasts, each one of these um, little discussions we're going to have today are things that you can work on. The second is vitality is a gift you give yourself by taking ownership over your decisions in your life. So let's jump into that first one. And the title is Booze, Books, and Biceps Beat Brain Drain. And this is really learning how to protect ourselves against early onset dementia. Now, young onset dementia, also known as early onset dementia, is defined as symptom onset before age 65, and it's a terrible problem. It's a terrible disease. It strikes people really at the apex of their lives, and it's also not just devastating for the person, it's devastating for the family, right? So the total number of people with any form of dementia is expected to double in the next 20 years to over 100 million people or more worldwide. Now, this post takes a crucial look and a new scientific paper that explores the protective and risk factors associated associated with the young onset version of it. And the title of this uh, article, or research article, is, quote, Risk Factors for Young Onset Dementia in the UK or United Kingdom Biobank. And this was published in JAMA Neurology. And they've looked at over 350,000 people, 55 percent of which were women, and they followed them for over eight years. So this is a massive study. Now, during that time frame of eight years, more men than women developed dementia. It's kind of interesting when you dive into the details. If you look at uh, the uh, incidence per 100,000 people, it's in the, say, the 55 to 59 uh, range. There's 17 uh, among male uh, participants and uh, about 12 for female participants. So that's about 35 or 40% higher risk factor for men in that age group. It even gets higher in the 60 to 64, um, 60 to 65 group, which is 36 for the men and only 26 for women. Surprisingly, and I think this is the interesting part of this study, and that is that moderate in alcohol intake, and it's a big range here, one to 14 drinks per week. So that's, you know, a half a drink, uh, you know, less than half a drink a day to two drinks per day or whatever, is a protective factor. Again, this is a huge study. So they were able to kind of parse out things. And that's how they defined moderate alcohol intake is one to 14 drinks. So it's obviously a huge range. But 
it's interesting that that moderate alcohol intake was associated with a lower risk of young onset dementia. The two other things that were very interestingly associated were higher formal education and higher hand grip strength. So the more education you had and the stronger your grip strength were also protective against young onset dementia. We've talked a lot about grip strength or muscles and why muscles matter, but this is powerful evidence that your muscles matter and that your education matters, okay? Now, there's a whole bunch of things that were associated with a risk factor. Remember those things, those three things. Number one, moderate alcohol use. Number two, higher formal education. Number three, higher hand grip strength were also protective. Here's the list of things that were a increased risk. Depression, alcohol abuse, social isolation, low vitamin D, and high C-reactive protein. And C-reactive protein serves as an inflammatory marker. So if you have any one of those, depression, alcohol use disorder, or alcohol abuse, social isolation, or low vitamin D, and high C-reactive protein, higher risk. So there are other things that were also associated with a higher risk of early onset or young onset dementia. And those included things like lower socioeconomic status, cardiovascular disease, hearing impairment, genetic risks, and low blood pressure when rising up rapidly. That's also known as orthostatic hypotension, big fancy words. But if you are from a sitting or laying down position and you get up fast and your blood pressure drops a lot, that's called orthostatic hypotension. All right, so again, those, those second five are low socioeconomic status, cardiovascular disease, and also that includes things like diabetes and stroke, hearing impairment, genetic risks. So there's something called apolipoprotein E, which is a genetic risk for dementia and orthostatic hypotension. So the researchers concluded, quote, targeted interventions may prove effective for dementia in middle-aged adults. So if you're in that 40 plus range and you're worried about early onset dementia, there's things that we can do. And I think there's things that are modifiable. And I think this is absolutely important and crucial paper. But here's some specific things that we can control. We can control our education. We can control our grip strength, our vitamin D status, our social isolation status, and our alcohol intake. So those are the top five that I came up with. And here are some specific suggestions to consider if you want to avoid early onset or young onset dementia. Number one, strive to be a lifelong learner. Number two, and you've heard this many times, do some resistance work. That doesn't have to be a lot. Light weights, okay, just like a five or 10 pound weight, do some biceps curls, do some some bands, but try to do something every day or at least three times a week. Number three, check your vitamin D level and optimize it. Number four, cultivate close connections to reduce your social isolation. And number five, obviously drink only in moderation. So the researchers cautioned, they were very careful because I think they were worried about this idea that drinking was associated with a lower risk of, of getting uh, um, uh, early onset Alzheimer's disease. And they, they really stated emphatically that consumption of excess al- alcohol is really bad for you. That's, a, that's pretty clear. But I think there's a confounding variable, and that is the social connection associated with alcohol consumption is not easy to tease out. So if you go out and have a drink once or twice a week uh, with your friends, you're enhancing your social connections, which is another one that actually reduces your risk. So I think it's a little complex. I don't think you have to be one way or the other, but I encourage people to look at the Vitality Explorer Substack site to see the entire 
awesome, interesting study uh, and review the abstract in details. You can also look at other things on Vitality Explorers about how to keep your brain brilliant. And um, the uh, article that was published by Hendricks et al. was just this year in 2024. We're going to move on to another thing associated with your brain, and that is uh, the title of this particular post on the Vitality Explorer Substack site is Ketones Crack the Code for Cognition. Okay, how a ketogenic diet can protect your brain. A little bit of uh, science here for people to learn, but um, I want to start with the conclusion of this paper. And the title of the paper was Molecular Mechanisms of Neuroprotection by Ketone Bodies and, and the Ketogenic Diet in Cerebral Ischemia and Neurogenic Diseases. Now, cerebral ischemia is sort of a medical term for a stroke. But here's the conclusion from that paper. Quote, ketones and the ketogenic diet demonstrate neuroprotective effects by orchestrating various cellular processes through metabolic and signaling functions. So in that previous post, we, you know, they didn't talk about diet as a way to kind of protect yourself, but it may be. They just didn't study a ketogenic diet. But this particular paper talked about that. And we have to pause and push back a little bit, maybe back into your high school biology and realize that our brains consume 20% of all of our energy, despite the fact they're only 2% of our body weight. So, you know, that thing inside your skull only is 2% of your total weight, but it sucks up 20% of all your energy. And that your brain's preference is for glucose, but ketones are an alternative energy source for the brain when there isn't glucose around or when there's glucose is depleted, things such as prolonged fasting or strenuous exercise. Now, the ketones are, are molecules that are made in your liver, and they rise when you fast or you're under a calorie-restricted uh, time frame, or again, when you're you know, maybe really vigorously exercising. But emerging data, emerging scientific data, suggests that ketones have value in a treatment of a variety of disorders, not just neurodegenerative disorders, but things like cardiovascular disease and cancer. So this is fascinating because this is like kind of, you know, back to the future because way back in the 1920s, a ketogenic diet was found to be a highly effective treatment for seizure disorders. It was later discovered that ketones raised the threshold for the development of a seizure. And a seizure is sort of like an electrical storm in your brain. But what they found is when, when patients who had things like epilepsy were put on a ketogenic diet, they had less seizures. All right, and recent clinical studies have found using ketones or a ketogenic diet can help things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and even multiple sclerosis. And what they found in clinical trials that there was improvements in memory, muscle symptoms, and importantly, the quality of life. So the paper we're talking about is not just sort of a review of why ketones or the ketogenic diet are valuable, but it took a deep dive into the mechanisms by which this works. And I found for myself and for a lot of my patients that if people understand the why of what we're talking about, they can get their heads around it a little bit better. So we'll go a little slower here, but the, the ketogenic diet or ketones can do the four, these four things in addition to some other ones. But number one is <clears throat> a crazy interesting one, reduction in brain inflammation by protecting against harmful gut bacteria. So when you fast, you have more ketones, you have less sugar in your gut, different types of bacteria are there, and there's this brain-gut access that leads to less inflammation in your brain based on the bacteria in your gut. True. Number two, improved brain plasticity and cognition. So plasticity is things, you know, can you teach your brain to do something new? And obviously cognition is your ability to think. 
three higher quality mitochondria. Now remember, mitochondria are like the powerhouses of your cells, but sometimes these mitochondria need to be either recycled or bad ones need to be flushed down the drain. But if you are on a ketogenic diet, you have better quality mitochondria. And the fourth one, better antioxidant defense. So again, those four are uh, reduction in your brain inflammation, number two, better cognition, number three, higher quality uh, mitochondria, and number four, enhanced antioxidant defense. So this idea of that ketogenic diet affecting the, the microbiome or, or the bacteria in your gut and how that changes is unbelievably interesting. Uh, and, and just thinking about that makes me want to maybe eat less or eat less often. So the conclusions with the Vitality Explorer uh, analysis and recommendations, I think the, the key point here is that ketones in the ketogenic diet have been emerging set of scientific data supporting them for the treatment of neurodegenerative disorders and other disorders. Much more work needs to be done on this, but it's clearly an exciting area of research which we will follow. I would check with your personal physician to determine if ketones or a ketogenic diet um, can be helpful for you. This is just a personal observation. I've been intermittent fasting for several years now. Uh, sort of eating only in a 16 slash eight hour window so I don't eat for 16 hours. Uh, I'll have a cup of coffee or two, but nothing uh, else. And I think it's helped me two ways. Number one, I'm close to my ideal weight more often. And I'm actually mentally and physically sharp, even in the context of fasting for sometimes up to 24, 36 or more hours. I've found that it's incredibly reasonable, for, at least for me. But the massive disclaimer around this, this is not medical advice. Do not begin any diet or exercise routine without first consulting your physician. And this information is presented because it's fascinating, it's interesting, and it could be potentially valuable for a variety of people who have maybe a history, a family history of early onset dementia or are worried about it. Get, get to the Vitality Explorer Substack site, check out the full paper and the data, and see if it's meaningful for you. Okay, there's other things on there that you can look at, including how stapling your mouth shut reduces your inflammation. Um, but it's pretty clear that what we eat matters to our vitality. We're going to switch gears a little bit and, and finish this week's Vitality Explorer Substack site. Again, my name is Dr. Alan Mishra. I'm an orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist, and I am delighted to try to bring you the best, latest information on how to enhance your physical, mental, social, and spiritual well-being. And this one is an interesting new idea. Uh, that was um, brought to me by a Vitality Explorer named Dr. Elizabeth Miller. She's a performance coach and and an expert in a variety of different things. But she talked to me about this idea of living above the line. And I have sort of morphed a variety of things I've learned from her, a lot of reading into this idea of victors live above the line and why taking ownership and being accountable enhances our vitality. We've talked about discipline but you can see some of the graphics on the Vitality Explorer the, uh, Substack site that I created. This gets back to this concept, this idea that we have with Vitality Explorers, that it is a, vitality is a skill that you can learn, and it's a gift you can give yourself. But it's a gift only you can give yourself. I can't give it to you, your mom, your government, your brother, your sister, your doctor. Nobody can do it. So these two ideas, I think, are, are, are sort of parallel. Because people who live above the line take ownership over their decisions and choices. They, they are accountable and responsible in every aspect of their lives. And they know that they must earn their vitality. People below the line 
people below the line really try to blame others for their circumstances and what I call binge at the buffet of excuses. They're also experts at denial. And people below, living below the line can never lead their most vital lives. And they can also fall into what I call a doom loop. And that doom loop is, is blame, excuse, denial, blame, excuse, denial. And then they're wasting their precious minutes, hours, and days doing that. So living above the line also, I think, is importantly connected to our sense of curiosity, which is very closely connected to our vitality, our sense of humor, and our willingness to learn. The opposite is living below the line is associated with you're sort of in a threat mode. You're always worried. You're always just trying to find somebody else to be responsible. And you're also closed off to new ideas. And uh, Dr. Miller uh, alerted me to a little video. It's like a three and a half minute video. You can see there's a link to it on the Vitality Explorer Substack site that really explains a lot of these uh, ideas. It's a beautiful little graphical thing. Make some time to watch it. I think it's paid significant dividends. I've watched it a couple times, um, and it's really been meaningful. And a lot of other authors have taken a deep dive into these concepts. These are not new concepts. These have been around probably for thousands of years. But here are two books to check out that I think are fantastic. And the number one is something that's been around. I don't even remember when it was published, but The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, really talks about being proactive with your life and taking responsibility for your actions. Harold Dweck's um, book, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, uh, is a, a really important book about growth mindset. Um, if you want to read either one or both of those, you will enhance your vitality for sure. But here's, here's the Vitality Explorer analysis and recommendations based on this idea of living above the line. Um, Again, vital people try to do that as much as they can. Take ownership, take accountability, be responsible for their actions. And initially, if you do that, the victories will probably be pretty small. But if you continuously try to live above the line, you'll lead to bigger victories and more achievements. I also think that living, trying to live above the line, again, by taking ownership, being accountable, and being responsible is one of the best ways to find your purpose for being on the planet. We'll talk about that in a later podcast. But the second thing I've found when I talk to people about this is if you live above the line, again, if you take ownership, be accountable, you be responsible, it leads to a profound sense of peace. And that tranquility, I think, springs from knowing that you have actually done the best you can in this life with your time, your talent, and your treasure. Okay, you're not going to even have less regrets later in life or on your deathbed if you've done that. Um, and, and I think we all need to be honest, myself absolutely included, is that we are bouncing above and below the line all the time. But we can try to course correct. We can stop blaming others. We can stop making excuses. We can try to eliminate denial from our lives and navigate our personal ship above the line and try to stay there as long as possible. Thanks again to Dr. Miller for alerting me to this. I, I, I know this may not be for everybody. I found it to be fascinating, interesting, and really meaningful for my own vitality. Uh, remember that, that quote from Harry Houdini about how you know, his brain was the key to setting him free. So I don't, I don't think that's just about like how he was trying to think, him, think his way out of whatever box he was locked in. But I think that's an important sort of metaphor for all of us to think is that our brain is the key to set us free. Uh, this week, we've talked about how booze, books, and biceps beat the brain drain. We've also talked about how ketones can help us crack the code for our cognition. And we finished with Victor's Live Above the Line. 
our goal with the podcast is to keep it tight, to help you guys understand whoever's listening out there that these are specific, actionable pieces of data that could help us improve our physical, uh, mental, social, and spiritual well-being whenever uh, uh, possible. They're based on peer-reviewed published data that you can find on the, science, uh, the Vitality Explorer Substack site. I hope you've enjoyed this week's uh, podcast. If you have, please pass it on to a friend, family member, or coworker. Uh, I hope that the next week for you is amazing and get out there and as always, dare to be vital. Thank you so much for listening.